Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies. And today, we have seen a new movie. My name is Robbie Anderson. I'm the host of this here podcast and this here lonely, dust town. I'm, uh, I'm not the sheriff, because ACAB, but uh, I'm just <laughs> here. I'm just the, the radio guy in this dusty town. That's just me. That's what I do. Uh, my name's Robbie. This is Hot Takes. It's not the only podcast we do. Story Screen has other podcasts and other things on its website. It even has a fucking movie theater. Can you believe it? Um, so yeah, just uh, go look at that stuff later, but keep listening to this. Or do it simultaneously, because you're probably listening to this on a device. So if you wanted to listen to me, do this part, and then you can go, go on our website and look at other stuff. Um, this, is that, is, this, this bit isn't as important, but in a few minutes you're going to want to really... Put that down and pay attention because it's going to be real, real spicy. Uh, yeah, so that's all the info on that. Uh, I'm joined by Bernadette Gorman White. Burn. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good. 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 Happy to be here. So glad you, so glad you could be here today. It's a good start to the week. Good start. Yeah, recording this fresh on a Monday. You're going to listen to this on a Monday, so the turnaround happens. Bing, bang, boom. Zip, zap, zap. Super quick. Super quick, super spicy. Yes. Uh, we're here to talk about a movie that I'm I'm very excited to talk about because I I don't know where Burn you know sometimes Burn you you like to play the game like where's she gonna be where's she gonna be on this who knows she who knows she's gonna, be, she's, gonna be, she's gonna be left she's gonna be right I'm she's shifty up, she's gonna be down I don't fucking know she's shifty she's she's shady this one who knows <laughs> I don't know where she's gonna be with it you may not know where I'm gonna be with it I don't know um. But I'm excited to talk about the centerpiece of this movie, this man's oeuvre. But we're here to talk about, I'm going to get the name right this time because I have it in front of me, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. You did it. The Nicolas Cage joint, thank you. The (laughs) Nicolas Cage joint that's all about the titular man himself, Nick Cage. Uh, So yeah, Bernadette, what is your, your hot take on The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? I like this movie i think it's a fun time i think if possible you should see it with a super fan like i did uh my youngest sister mary colleen her favorite actor is nicholas cage and she's obsessed he's had gosh i don't even know how many projects he's been been involved in but she has seen thousands gosh so many (laughs) she's seen probably all of them except for like four and that includes, mm. like, even the roles where he had, like, one line or didn't have a line at all. Jeez. So she's crazy obsessed with this man. And she was sitting, like, on the edge of her seat, literally, in the theater. And, like, every little reference, she was like, oh, he, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, she just <laughs> loved it. Which, mm. which made my enjoyment of the film better, for sure. Um, I will say... I thought this movie was going to be a certain thing. And in the yeah. first act of it, I was like, ooh, it might be a different thing than what I thought it was going to be. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, no, that that was what I thought it was going to be. And I kind of wished yeah. it would have gotten a little bit more cerebral and introspective. But I still overall enjoyed it. Burn, we are like exactly aligned. We're vibing. On this set. We're vibing. Everything you said is exactly what I felt. I 
feel the just the exact same way. I really I really dug it. I thought it was very like sweet. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was very entertaining. But I saw it with Claire and we were the only two people in the theater. So it's like, you know, <laughs> we we didn't have like I think a lot of the moments that like really were supposed to make you laugh and make you and like be kind of like a vibe. Like it was there, but like it wasn't necessarily maybe like uh you know, it wasn't like we saw Jackass with like a bunch of people, the newest Jackass movie. Yeah. That was a great fucking time. But you need like that audience energy for, for comedies especially, which I think this movie is for the most like it's a comedy, right? Yeah. Uh, action comedy or whatever. But yeah, so like, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. Um we watched Con Air and Face Off uh during the weekend before seeing this. No, which I had not seen before. And those movies fucking rock. Wild. Face Off is crazy. It's crazy. We also watched National Treasure, which I have seen. Dope. But she, but she hasn't. Um and that movie is weird in retrospect. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, that's that's a weird one. Yeah, that's a fun movie for sure. I haven't seen the it's second fun. one, it's definitely but I like the first one a lot. Yeah, we watched the trailer for the second one, and it looks fucking awful. Um, right? So I do want to see it for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this movie is cool. But I I was expecting exactly what you're saying. Like I was hoping for something that's like a bit more introspective about this man's career and like who he is as like a meme almost. And I thought it was going to be a bit more John Malkovich and less kind of like, it's just more of a vehicle for like a fun action movie, you know? Yeah. Which is maybe more true to like Nick Cage's like legacy, but there's like a few moments where he, he does talk about like his career, like big picture and where it's been going recently. And I actually have like, not like issues per se, but just kind of like, I'm like, well, this is kind of weird to bring up given like other scenes that have like certain props in them where I'm like, all right, well then like canonically you are the Nick Cage that has already gone down this path. So I'm a little confused, but we can, that's maybe a bit more of a spoiler conversation, but yeah, Burn, I think we're, we're in the same boat. Simpatico for sure. Simpatico, simpatico. Yeah. But still a good fun time. It looked great. The, yeah. the acting was a lot of fun. Everyone's mm. just having a blast in this movie for the most part, which you'll love to see. And yeah, yeah, it's like just long enough too. like you're just kind of getting to the point. Where you're like, yep, this is the end of this movie. I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done here. But yeah, overall, a good time. I like watching Nick Cage. So, I mean, he has that going for him. So it's like it doesn't really matter what he's into. Very true. So. Yeah, that's uh, very, very true. Mm -hmm. I do like watching him just kind of do anything. Yeah, I I feel yeah, I just feel the exact same way. Like I I dug it. Like it was fun. It looked good. Um I think Pedro Pascal like <laughs> is such a good I don't know. I don't know if he's like a foil to Nick Cage, but just kind of like a hype man, <laughs> you know? Um but yeah, I guess I just didn't expect it necessarily to be as much of like a you know, it's just more of like a buddy. It's 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 almost like reminiscent of like movies almost like uh like role models or like some of those like buddy like they're not buddy comedies but they're it's like mainly positioned around like two dudes like a pineapple express it's like you don't think about pineapple express as like a buddy movie but it is like it's about two guys yeah who are doing a thing you know and like this movie is just like it's just really cute yeah and i want to hang out with nick cage for sure yeah, it kind of gave me like I don't know if you saw blockers or cock blockers, just like adults doing I haven't seen silly blockers. things. Yeah, yeah, very much the vibe. 
on 420, we watched um, Grandma's Boy. Oh, Have it's been seen Grandma's Boy? years since I've seen you that. You know, it, it was a lot more like wholesome than I remembered. Like, I was just like, I was like, you know, this is like kind of a cute movie. It definitely was not as funny as I like, you know, I had I had it on like the comedy pedestal for so long. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Grandma's Boy was really funny. And I was watching it again. I'm like... <laughs> It's fine. And it's not even like, like some humor has not aged super well, but it's not even like that, like bad in that aspect. It's just kind of just like, it's just like not that like funny of a movie. <laughs> like it's just, it's just kind of aggressively okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got, it's kind of like, this movie feels like, like elevated from that area, you know, like it's, it's certainly better than those movies. Maybe, you know, in, in some ways, maybe it almost feels like a Seth Rogen, like, comedy you know like a yeah. pineapple express or like um he has some other like actiony ones i kind of forget yeah i guess he does have a few actiony type movies yeah like this is the end and shit like that yeah 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 for sure yeah but yeah it's it's all right yeah it's all right there's nothing like bad about the movie no no it's just yeah it's you all know? about like whether it's meeting you where you wanted to be met and yeah it's unfortunate because it's a movie, so it's fixed. So it can't really change. It just is what it is, obviously. Yeah. So either you vibe with exactly what's going on in the film, or if mm -hmm. you're like us who wanted it to be maybe a little bit more, that's not the fault of the movie. That's more of just like, well, no. it wasn't what I wanted, but that's okay. I almost wonder if like, and I, you know, I'm not sure maybe if you'll speak to this, but I almost wonder if I had the expectation it was going to be a bit more cerebral and a bit more like, you know, using being John Malkovich as kind of like the, the meta example of like, you know, the, the actor who is playing himself in, in, the, in the movie that's a bit skewed and surreal. But I almost wonder if I thought this movie was going to be a bit more, you know, edging in that direction um, just because Nick Cage has done so many like beautiful art house movies recently that I was just like, oh yeah, this is probably going to be a lot more of a thinker. Um, but it is far more obsessed with his, his nineties fare yes. than anything else, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I wanted to watch adaptation again before getting onto this podcast. Cause I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. It's been a while for me too. But yeah, I liked when, the movie kind of started picking up speed, you know, in that first act. I was like, oh, are they going to go like a super meta, you know, like I know uh, Nick Cage is playing Charlie Kaufman in Adaptation, so he's not playing himself. Yeah. But he's playing twins and that movie really becomes more about, you know, the work inside the work and then the work starts bleeding into the work. And it has right. just like a little bit more obviously going on in that like interconnectivity and I thought maybe this movie was going to get a little bit more into, like, the interconnectivity of his, like, inner monologue and what he sees himself doing and the work within the yeah. work. But then it just, uh, it didn't go that route. And that's okay. I think that they really were trying to cast a pretty wide net with, with this movie. Yeah, I agree. And I think that type of crowd who's going for more of, like, a being John Malkovich or an adaptation, that's definitely a much smaller crowd of people who were hoping for something like that so yeah i mean given like what the promotional material was in the trailer there's really no reason to think that it was going to be that nope. like the movie like it is it is truly as advertised like no it's this kind of movie and it's like you're right you're right <laughs> yeah you got me Good point yeah true 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 but 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess because you only get so many opportunities to do movies like this and and to like, you know, like Nick Cage is only ever going to do one of these, I imagine. Yeah. And that that you is know what I mean? something that kind of like broke my heart. I was like, ah. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, they really just, you know, there's so much they could do cuz he is just such like the king, you know, he's the goat. <laughs> like there's so much you could do with him. Um Yeah, you know, I I wonder if he's a man with like a maybe a bit more bit more of an ego than we realize, I almost wonder if he doesn't want to like, you know, uh, like does he have a good sense of humor about himself, or does he like you know kind of want to be like, hey, I don't want to make fun of myself. How like how seriously does Nick Cage take himself? You know, who knows? It's hard to say. Like maybe he wouldn't want to go too introspective. He's like, I'm not really trying to to put myself on blast. Yeah. That hard. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. And it was weird too because like the director and the two writers, the director also co-wrote it. I just don't really know who these people are, and I don't really know. They haven't done much stuff. No, yeah. and I don't know their connection to Nick Cage, so I don't know if like the fact that they wrote this movie for him was almost kind of kind of like a meme in itself. Because it's like I don't know how well they know him and how he feels, and how much of that was a collaboration. So yeah, yeah, it kind of seems like the thought of like let's make this Nick Cage movie, and he's going to start himself, and it's going to be. A question of who he is and where his career is going that's really funny but i wonder how well versed they were in like knowing him prior or if they're like yeah let's cast nick cage that'd be fun i i almost wonder if like i i remember seeing this article headline that it was like the creators of unbearable weight of massive talent almost cast they wanted to cast daniel day lewis as nick cage (laughs) Like that was like that was like a rumor, which is like I was like I don't even know. I mean, like that would be really funny, very funny. (laughs) It'd be it'd be insane. But then it also kind of bears the question of like, um, well, yeah. So like, what was the inception of this movie? Like, you know, like yeah, did they just write this vehicle for Nick Cage? That's also like you know, not to keep bringing up John Malkovich, but it's just kind of like the one movie that's like the most similar to this that kind of comes to mind. Um. But I almost wonder, like, you know, did they write a movie that is, like, we want to write something about, like, you know, a famous actor who may be pretentious, who is in these types of movies, and we want to, you know, kind of write, like, almost a, like a fleshed out skeleton to it, and then when we cast it, we'll, the second draft will be more attuned to, like, who we cast as it. This movie feels like, you know, if it's not about, if there's no Nick Cage, maybe Daniel J. Lewis, but it has to be about Nick Cage, like... I don't know. I guess maybe it could be about like I mean the the if you take out the Nick Cage of it all, it's an actor who's down on his luck or a famous actor who's broke now needs to go to a crime lord's birthday party <laughs> and hilarity ensues. Like that is enough to where you can you can kind of insert anyone, I guess, you know. Yeah, for sure. You're you're definitely not going to get the same level of screaming, although maybe you might. But yeah, wouldn't no. it have been more interesting maybe to cast like John Travolta? Because, like, he literally hasn't <laughs> been anything in years. <laughs> so he's would be probably funny. broke. <laughs> but, but also the face-off of it all would be really funny Or if you cast John Travolta as Nick Cage in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, no, I'm Nick Cage. There was a horrible experiment many years ago. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I think it was just like a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, Nick Cage did a Reddit AMA and Ask Me Anything. I did. 
Yeah, and a lot someone of good stuff out of that AMA. Definitely. And someone did ask, like, how how long are you going to stay as Nick Cage, John Travolta? And how's it been living as him? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. But also in that funny. AMA, <laughs> to go back to the question of like, how seriously does Nick Cage take himself, especially with all of the memes? And I do know yeah. that he answered, he responded to someone's question about being memefied all the time. And he was like, how does that make you feel? And Nick replied saying, well, when they first came out, I thought they were a little silly and it was kind of strange seeing my face everywhere and hearing my voice everywhere and seeing it being made fun of in that way. But now he just likes that people are engaging with his work to any degree. So he yeah. just likes it. He's just like, you know what? It means they've seen it. Or if they haven't seen it, they might want to see it. And he likes it. He's he's into the fact that he's like a meme lord. So I don't think he takes yeah, himself good, too seriously. Yeah, I only like I, I think about this one story and it's the only like really like Nick Cage being maybe crazy in real life story. I, I can even think of like that comes to mind. But I think it was like Seth Rogen was talking about. I believe it was on either a hot hot ones episode or he was doing the Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast and he was talking about like Nick Cage coming in for an audition and doing like a crazy Jamaican accent for this character and they didn't cast him and then in a, like a later Seth Rogen project they cast someone who was like this like white person doing a crazy Jamaican accent and he got pissed off because he's like are you making fun of me in that movie and it's just and, and like Seth Rogen's like yo I don't know what you're talking about um and that's the only and again that's like the only and like I don't know Seth personally and if he wants to be on the episode, he can. Mm -hmm. He just just hit me up. You can be on any podcast you want, Seth. Um, that's like the only time I've like heard like a not so positive word about like maybe Nick Cage professionally kind of ever that I can think of. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That industry definitely is a pressure cooker. So it'd be amazing True. to find out that any celebrity had never had some kind of weird outburst. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you, though. Uh, talking about self-referential works, did you see mm -hmm. the Nowhere In last year? I did. That's a good. That's a good pull. That's a good point. Yeah, because um, that kind of reminds I, me of this too I liked a little bit. It. It's funny that you bring that up because you know the Nowhere In is kind of like a more cerebral. Uh, I think kind of like deep dive into Saint Vincent, but it's also and like you know that movie has a lot to say about like Saint Vincent as you know, the performer versus the real person and then kind of like, you know, being in the shadow of the other and like the egomania that can kind of come into play. Yeah. That was interesting. What, did you like that movie? I did. Sorry. I did. It's, I think, a little too long. But other than that, yeah. I liked it. I remember digging it, but I do remember like it kind of like like getting pulled out during certain parts. Like I'm not, I wasn't all the way in on it right um but it was also a movie that i think i liked a bit more like later like kind of thinking about it like my like initial like what i wasn't super like super super hot on it mm -hmm. like right when i left the theater but it, i do think it is like a bit of a thinker so like when i like kind of thought about it like it's themes of like ego and and and, and yeah kind of why like that dichotomy that i was like talking about you know a few like a minute ago i i, I do i do really like that aspect and you know that that is here in this movie to a certain extent. Yeah, a, a very small you know, glimpse into that. Of yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting poll. Yeah, I was just thinking about it when we were talking about being John Malkovich. But yeah, because it's interesting because you have to wonder too, like Nicolas Cage or Nick Coppola, who plays mm-hmm. like the young version of Nicky in this movie. Yeah. He is kind of like the Annie Clark and, you know, like Nick Cage is like the St. Vincent. Like he kind of has this persona. Yeah. And so it is kind of yeah. interesting to think about him being like this version of crazy Nick Cage, but then also being like this very serious actor who can handle a role like Pig. Um, yeah. And handles that role really well and like actually a very like deep thinker and can control like very moody think pieces. Um, so it's interesting to see that dichotomy and unbearable weight of massive talent could have delved delved into that further but yeah hmm. it just you know and not to not to like you know remiss too much of what, what the movie could have been sure because like you know it is concerned with what it gave us but i do like it's because he is so good and we have so recently seen it so much that he is so good at being like a really serious actor with a lot of pay, like pathos and like you know to do something like pig is remarkable and like to hear him talk about like you know how he like took a lot of his understanding of like kabuki theater into his like like performance and big and stuff like that like the dude is wicked intelligent about acting you know if it wasn't already obvious and i do think you get him like making some really like nerdy actor jokes in this movie that are fun you know but like he he doesn't play it's great. Nick Cage doesn't play Nick Cage to the top of his intelligence. No. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of wish that maybe he did. Something that we, like, did a lot in improv, like, when we're doing, like, sketches and stuff, is, like, my teachers would always be, like, you have to, like, play to the top of your intelligence. And it just kind of means, like, you know, you, you don't need to be, like, this, like, character who's, like, always goofy or always stupid. You have to kind of, like, you know, act like you are intelligent or whatever your character's like top level intelligence is so it's just hard to like be totally sold on this nick cage that isn't at the top of his intelligence you know yeah that's very well and i think that's like yeah and i think maybe maybe that's like kind of the like disconnect that ultimately happens with me in this movie where it's just like i i just think that i got a lot of respect for the man and i think he's an incredible actor and he is also a meme. I want to see us talk about how that's a really cool coin, you know, to be both sides of. Yeah. We can't just talk about one for the most part. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like a big budget movie he was in. Well, I guess it, we can't be talking about a big budget movie. But yeah, if this movie would have come out prior to Mandy, I think it would have been a more believable and viable film. But the yeah, fact I, I agree with that. Yeah, that we have these movies in recent history. It's like the the Nick Cage character in the film has forgotten that. There's like some level of like amnesia going on that like those movies yeah. just don't exist in this world. Which is weird because they they, uh, they reference them. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got we should save more of that for, for spoilers, I guess. But yeah, like it's it's like, okay, so they know those movies exist. So we all existed. are aware that these movies exist. Like, you know, A24 exists. In the, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. I uh, Yeah, I don't know. It is it is weird. But, yeah, for the most part, like, you know, that those desires kind of removed. Yeah, it is fun. 
and, and you know, I, I've seen a decent. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of, um, excuse me, Nick Cage movies, but you know, I also kind of I left being like, you know, they made a lot of references to his movies, but I feel like I don't know if they made like. I, I wonder, is the movie littered with, maybe you would know from like talking to Mary Colleen, is the movie even more littered with references than maybe I would even realize? Like, I think you know. so. I think the answer is yes. Okay. But they definitely stick to, like, I think the bigger ones. I feel like right. a good chunk of his filmography in like the 2000s is kind of overlooked. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. So I do think they're kind of hitting just like the big ones for the most part with like a little smaller ones layered in kind of. But I don't think they're paying attention, I think, to like his entire filmography. It seems very pick and choose. Yeah. I mean, because it's kind of like, what is it? Like Face Off, Gone in 60 Seconds, Con Air. Mm -hmm. I feel like those are the big three that they hit in the movie. Face Off kind of, I think, being the, the biggest reference, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get some other stuff sprinkled in. I mean, maybe given like what the like third act's concerned with, maybe they're making adaptation jokes that I didn't really pick up on necessarily. I don't think so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean though. Like yeah. it's like maybe because they're they're trying to figure out this thing. Right, um, right. I think also and I think it's like the right move for what the movie is. They spend so much time uh, actually fleshing out Pedro Pascal's character. That it doesn't leave a ton of room for maybe even more Nate Cage nuance, which I think ultimately is is maybe the right choice, you know? Yeah, I can see that for sure. Because by the end of the movie, I was just like, oh man, I, I'm rooting for Pedro too. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> He's good. He's so cute. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we're ready to get into spoiler town. Uh, Burn, I think it's safe to say that despite us maybe wanting a bit more of a heady Nick Cage movie, we would recommend seeing this film. Yes, definitely. It's fun. It is fun. I think you I think you got to, you know, try and get a try and get a squad together. Try and get a bunch of people together, have a beer or two, see this movie and it will be a it'll certainly be worth the watch. It'll be a great time. Perfect recommendation. Yes. Yeah. And if you've seen at least uh Face Off Con Air and like two other Nick Cage movies. Doesn't even matter which ones, just two other ones. You're set. You're mm-hmm. good. <laughs> if you if you haven't seen Con Air and Face Off, I just would do that today. <laughs> Those movies are crazy. crazy. Just, just catch up. Yeah. If you want to see someone like almost die from not getting insulin for an hour and a half, that's he only, he's taking the slowest amount of time to get that guy insulin. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. Those movies I feel crazy. like sometimes he forgets. I feel like he forgets sometimes. He's like, oh yeah, I gotta get my boy some insulin. Definitely. Spoilers for Conair. Um, <laughs> God, that movie's so good. Alright, we'll be right back to talk about spoilies for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And we're back with spoilies for the unbearable weight of massive talent. I always wanted to say unbreakable weight, which that doesn't make. I like that. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> the unbreakable weight of massive talent. It's a different movie then, though. Yes, Because unbearable is just like, I can't even bear this. But unbreakable is just like, I can easily bear this massive talent. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me go. Couldn't break this if you tried. Right. Um, so I think like, it's not even like that big of a spoiler. It's almost like a narrative inevitability. But uh 
when we go to Pedro Pascal's uh, prop room where he has all the Nick Cage props and stuff, which is is a great, incredible scene. Yeah. Because it also has like the wax Nick Cage. He's like, I'll give you $20,000. It's so good. Um, But yeah, the Mandy axe is there. Right. And the Mandy chainsaw is there. And like, I guess like, you know, when it comes to like, like what he's doing performance wise, like. Pig is a bit different than a Mandy, even though, like to me, I conflate the two as like they they both require so much pathos and oeuvre. But uh, right. But I guess like you know, if for the sake of this movie, like Mandy is still a bit more of like a horror revenge movie, so it's a bit more like action in that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess like him kind of talking about like he has a scene earlier where he's like, maybe I want to start doing more like artistic movies. Which is like, yes, yeah, that's good. But it's like, if you're doing, like, you have already, though. Right. It has begun. Right. Right? And even as far back as Adaptation, <laughs> like, that's an artsy sure, movie. Sure, yeah, exactly. That's a super artsy movie. Yeah, it's not even like, you know, it's not even in the 90s or earlier or, or in between that he didn't do movies that were like. A little more know, indie. A, bit, a little bit more indie or at least a bit more just like kind of artistically inclined and not like big budget. Right. You know? Yeah, strange. Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I thought that was all. I thought that was just like a little weird, and maybe we're you know in the in the vast multiverse we live in. Maybe this Nick Cage like you know didn't even branch off to do those other movies, but it seems like he did. I don't know. Like, yeah, it really. So yeah, I thought I, it really does seem like they're suggesting that he is in all of the work leading up to this movie. And yeah. That's, I guess the, not. that's the implication. Yeah, it's weird. It's really like fighting with itself, I think, in the film. I don't know. Yeah, and that and like at least that aspect. Yeah, like, you know, I, I and like, you know, I understand like, you know, where the holy fuck, he is in so much shit. It's a lot of movies. I'm looking at his IMDB, it's just in is insane. The a lot of, of them. Yeah, because yeah, there's some there's some stuff in there that's super artsy. Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> that one they probably couldn't make a reference to because of Disney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There might be there might be some stuff that he's like, his movies are like, you know, owned by different studios, so they can't reference them. Mm-hmm. Or they would have to maybe you know get get the blessing to to do so. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of my favorite Nick that. Cage movies are Matchstick Men. With Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. And then he was also in this movie called The Weatherman, which I just think is okay. hilarious. And there's a scene where Pedro Pascal's character is saying, like, my dad and I reconnected because of one of your movies. And I was really hoping it was going to be a Weatherman reference because Michael Caine yeah. plays Nick Cage's dad in The Weatherman, which is like a really weird pairing. <laughs> that is really weird. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um but yeah, I just felt like there was like a good chunk of time that the filmmakers of this film were just like, those are two either either too small or not interesting enough to reference. Because yeah, they really yeah. just did stick to like the big ones. The big theory. I think there, there's a Wicker Man reference yeah, in there because the it talks about bees, which is great. <laughs> you know, and like and like how, you know, I think we we both are of understanding like there may have been more that even go over our, our heads, you know, or, or maybe it would at least require a, re- a rewatch. For sure. Um, 
But yeah, I do. They do kind of stick to. And I think, again, like I think that they have to as much as like I wanted more out of this movie. It gets trickier and trickier, trickier and trickier the more that you do that, though. Yeah, they have to kind of play it a bit safer. And I get it, you know, like. Right. How far can you go in without it becoming convoluted? Yeah. And like, you know, it is structurally it even is more true to his his more bigger blockbuster action affair, which is which is fine, which is good. And and I like that as well. So mm-hmm. again, I like what we got. It's just again, it's just he's not gonna do another one of these. I, I know. don't think. I don't I don't think so either. Yeah, and that's what Kish is like, I'm like, fuck, I just he, he just I want more. Yeah. Just want more. Agreed. Um I really liked Tiffany Haddish and um Ike Barinholtz. What was the other guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were really funny. They were really funny. Um Although rest in peace to both of them. <laughs> Gone too soon. <laughs> I didn't quite understand the plot point. I don't know who they were expecting to get off that plane. But yeah, that plot point was like a little yeah. weak to me. I was like they were expecting one person, it wasn't him, it was Nick Cage, and they're like, we're going to go through with this mission anyway. But I forget who they even mentioned, because they do drop a name. They're like, it's not so-and-so, it's Nick Cage? Because like, wouldn't it have to be someone that has to infiltrate yes. their like compound anyway? Who else could do that besides Nicolas Cage? Right, who else was coming you know? to that party? Or Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Were they expecting another it agent? It is a little confusing. Who was going to be undercover? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. That is really weird. Yeah, and it it kind of just um, seemed like something that could have been easily rewritten to not be as like strange and confusing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have like you know had another scene where you know they even even more like master design coordinated Nick Cage to be there or something like that. Like right. it's the CIA's plan all along, you know. Right. Um, it is it is funny. I mean, you get the great scene with Tiffany Haddish being like, oh, you're Nick Cage. I love you in like, it's like Crunks or something. I don't even fucking know. It's not Crunks. Cranks? <laughs> I don't even know what that movie too. is. The Croods. <laughs> Missed opportunity. You could have called it Crunks. I know. Uh, it was just really, <laughs> really funny sitting next to Mary Colleen, who is turning 25 this month, which is crazy to me. Yeah. But when Ike was like, I'm an adult. Why would I watch The Croods too? And I'm like, oh, Mary Colleen has seen The Croods, too, as an adult because of Nicolas Cage. Has she only seen it because of Nick Cage? Yes. That's fucking crazy. It's I- <laughs> so funny. She's insane. <laughs> it would have been cool to see his, um, I guess it would have been too much into, like, Batman spoof territory, but his suit in, like, Kick-Ass. That would have be been cool. if they cool. busted that thing out as, like, some body armor, you know? But then, like, they have to make more Batman jokes than anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, there's no shortage, you know, there is no shortage of references to, to bring out about the man. Mm-hmm. The, the king. The Nicholas. king. Nicholas. Yeah, apparently, because I haven't seen the interview, and I should have watched it prior to this recording, but apparently the Nikki character, the young Nikki character, I thought that was more of just like the general vibe of him during the like the 90s, or I guess maybe yeah. like the late 80s. But I guess that version of that character of Nick Cage is based off of an interview that he did while promoting Wild at Heart, the David Lynch movie. Oh, really? And so I'm like, yeah, they were like taking like a really deep dive backwards to get like Nikki. But Nikki was great. 
That's one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I totally thought. Yeah, that's an even deeper. Right. See, again, we don't know. I don't even know what they're really pulling from. To, they didn't make any pig references, and that's you know, as as a big nerdy art boy, I just am so upset, <laughs> so upset with this. It's the main offense. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, damn, that is crazy. When Nikki, the Nikki scenes are so good, they're so, they're funny. so good. But when he first yeah. popped up in the car, I was hoping we were going to see many different versions of Nick Cage throughout the times, but it was always just that, that been one, fun. which was great. But yeah, I yeah. was like, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't age that much in real life, no. so you know, to have too many different checkpoints, like he doesn't look all that different than he did in a uh, National Treasure. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's kind of stuck in that mode. Good genes. Forever good genes. after that. Good genes. Good Hollywood surgeries, perhaps. True. <laughs> Don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I think he got something going on. Yeah. But yeah, that would have been that would have been cool to see, you know, or at least like just him reliving different performances. Like him being like his character from Face Off. Yes. In one of those scenes in the Mind Palace, you know, like him being, you know, his national treasure persona and he's, you know, easily solving this mystery by just saying a bunch of patriotic words strung together in a sentence. Um, that movie's so, I really, someone needs, I need to talk to someone about national treasure. <laughs> it's so weird watching it now. It's fucking, it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And kind of cute. Yeah. But mostly dumb. I saw it in theaters, so that was a long, long time ago, and I know I've seen it, like, in the background, because my family yeah. is that type of family who watches movies ad nauseum, and they'll get hooked on, like, I think we had a lot of... And they'll yeah, just do that again Yeah, I think we had again. that for a while. And I feel like, yeah, I'm sure my siblings had National Treasure on in the background at some point, so I've probably seen, like, mm-hmm. snippets of it multiple times. That movie hates women. Yeah. Yeah. They they <laughs> like yell and fuck with the one woman in that movie so much and talk down to her in like every scene until I assume she is just berated and beat down enough to want to fuck Nikki. <laughs> She's like, I guess. Here just I am, eroded I guess. by the mighty the mighty river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cra- it is crazy. I was watching, I was just like, I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the movie. Um, yeah, it 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 culminates well. I like that they are like writing a movie by the end of it. I love the twist at the end of the movie where they change the daughter and his ex wife to be different <laughs> actresses. Because <laughs> I remember being like, I remember like turning to Claire. I'm like, what's going on? I'm so confused. She's like, the the other movie's starting. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> See. I don't really know the intention of this film because I almost felt a little swindled by the end of it because I was starting to get the impression as the movie was playing out that what we were seeing on screen was what Pedro Pascal's character had written for his movie. I didn't think those events were actually happening. I thought he had written this movie and Nick Cage was already acting it. So I thought we were watching the finished product of the movie uh. that Pedro Pascal's character and Nick Cage that they had co-written together. I thought we were seeing like the final cut. Even though people were the dying whole the whole time, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, That'd be, that would be interesting. Um, but then by the end, I was like, all right, yeah, it could have gone two ways. Either we were seeing the actual movie 
or they're going to turn these events into a movie. And we got the second one. I would have liked that too, though. Have like, you know, a cutaway towards the end of the movie where then you realize like it's all this film that they're writing. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that as well. Yeah. I mean, the movie, it's, it's a very, it's just so much of like just a straight shot movie than I really anticipated. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, and, and like, you know, it's fun. Like, I like how goofy, as much as, like, you know, I was talking about how I really wish we were seeing a, a Nick Cage playing Nick Cage at, like, the top of his intelligence. I do really like goofy, alcoholic Nick Cage. Oh, yes, me too. Because it, it is funny, like, constantly hung over Nick Cage. I do, the scene where they're doing acid together is so fun. It, it goes on, like, a little long, but I think it's great still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a fun... It's a fun little movie. But yeah, I, I guess like maybe much in the same way you were like expecting um, maybe for like something a bit like it's like, oh, they were like writing it like maybe just some kind of like more thought out narrative mechanism to reveal itself. I was also kind of like, yes. And then then the, when does the movie reveal itself? It's like, no, you're watching it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't mean this as, as a diss at all. But yeah, like the movie was just dumber than i was wanting it to be like i'm not saying the movie yeah. is dumb but yeah the whole time i was like trying to like outthink the movie and i'm like i don't need to outthink the movie the movie is the movie i'm watching it like yeah it, no, it doesn't that's, require that's any it. extra thought <laughs> what's happening mm -hmm. is what's happening yeah 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 no that's kind of just what it is yeah <sighs> Do you have any uh, final thoughts, things we haven't covered about this movie that you'd like um, to discuss? I really, really love Sharon Horgan, and who plays his ex-wife. and Great accent. I love her so much. Um, yeah. Have you seen her in anything else? I have. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now. I don't think so. Because she was in this movie last year with James McAvoy called Together. And it it's mm. about the pandemic, and it's a bit of a downer. But it's a good watch. Okay. And then she's in this awesome, I think it's Amazon Prime show called Catastrophe with Rob Delaney. And that show is great. Um, highly recommend. But yeah, I didn't see Sharon Horgan in the trailers at all. Maybe I've only seen like one trailer for this movie. But she was a real treat. Yeah. When she came on screen. I'm like, yeah. yes, I can handle this movie. Is Sharon Horgan. Is that Nick Cage's actual daughter in the movie or no? It is not. It's actually Michael Sheen's daughter. She looks kind of... Oh, it's, that is funny. She looks kind of like Nick Cage, I feel like. Somewhat. It's a believable like a little, I, I would have believed it. I would have believed it. Yeah, I would have been like, hell yeah, that's it. Yeah. I didn't know she was Michael Sheen's daughter until Mary Colleen said, you haven't seen that gif of... Michael Sheen and his daughter at an awards show and she's like supposed to be paying attention but she's not and she's like drinking a sip of water and then like Michael Sheen puts his arm around her and then she like looks and she was like oh there's a camera on me I should act like I'm paying attention <laughs> it's it's a cute gif I'll find it and send it your way that is yeah please do that's funny <laughs> but she looks um, like just yeah, like were... Michael Sheen once she told me I was like oh yeah that's that's her yeah and now I need to see him side by side so I so I know um yeah, they were both a lot of fun. Yeah. As well. Um, I like that, like, in the second half, they got even more kind of, like, screen time. Definitely. As well. Yeah, I thought all the supporting cast were, like, really fun. 
even like the people who were like Gabriella and the other like people who were just like around like the the compound and stuff. And his brother, we didn't really touch touch a uh, too much about him. Is Lucas? Yeah, brother, um, that cousin, was a fun or bad guy. Yeah. Uh, cousin, I cousin. think. Yeah, you're right. He just um, looked like yeah, a bad fun guy. Bad guy. Once, if you got you know a dark beard and a bleach blonde tips, you know Mike evil. had that look for a while. He was he was the villain for for a few years ago. Also evil, yeah. <laughs> also evil, yes. We love you, Mike, but. We know what you're up to. Yeah. And yeah. We know what you're up to. This is no fault to this man. This is a me problem, not a him problem. But Neil Patrick sure. Harris can hardly ever be anyone other than Neil Patrick Harris to me. So the fact that he was like Nick Cage's manager, yeah. I'm like, that's a stretch. But I don't really mind. He's not on screen that much. Yeah. I do like him. It's <laughs> He's fun. I mean, he's fun. He's clocked in. He's doing it. Yeah. It's It's... It's hard, you know, especially with, again, like movies like this where you have to cast other actors who cannot be like Pedro Pascal can't also be Pedro Pascal. But it would be funny to have seen other actors just kind of be themselves and kind of be like, all right, so what canonically in this universe is your relationship? Like, are like are like our actors like they are not who they are or they are who they are? It would have been funny. Would have been funny to see. Um, it brings up a question that I wanted to close out the episode with. Mm-hmm. What actor would you like to see a similar style movie to this, uh, or like a being John Malkovich? What what actor working right now would you like to see like this type of movie uh, be written about? Hmm. Well, the two that jumped to my mind pretty immediately, and they kind of have like Nick Cage affiliations. Um, the first being John Cusack, because I just really love John Cusack. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. And he kind of fades in and out of, like, Hollywood obscurity. Uh, He hasn't really done a lot recently, but he's very politically active. And he's very outspoken Mm -hmm. about his views on Twitter. Um, Yes, extremely. Extremely. So much so that it's like, I have to do research to read this tweet. Like, he's he's very in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really do like John Cusack. And probably that just stems from High Fidelity, which I love. Sure. but Ethan Hawke would be another fun one because he has like a good body of work. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. I like that. And I hate to say it. Yeah, because it has to. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you do have to pick someone who is is realistically like, you know, probably 50, 60 years old. Like someone who's getting a bit older, you have to really go in that area. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it makes me sad to say this, but... I think it'd be hard to do one of these about an actress or a female actor, however mm. they care to be referred to, because I think it would just be like almost too sad. <laughs> just Yeah, it's just like all the... <laughs> the game is different for women, and I don't think I want to get into that game. I think it would be kind of depressing, maybe. It definitely it wouldn't be a fun romp. No. It'd be definitely more of a of a drama on screen, I think. Definitely. Um which is a which is a really good point though, that it is is a bummer. I mean, you know, the same can be said about many, you know, diverse actors in Hollywood where it's just like, you know, it's not an easy it's not all fun in Wicker Man for everyone else, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's not all fun in games. Um as I as I asked my question, I actually did not necessarily have anyone in mind. I, I came up with it only a few minutes ago, and I was like, I think that'd be fun. That's a good question. A fun cue, yeah. But I like I like Ethan Hawke. I think that's really that's a very good pull. Um, He's had kind of a similar career to Nick Cage in that you know he was in like some pretty big 
well-received Hollywood films and then has kind of like gone into more indie fare. But then he'll like bust out like a crazy Marvel thing like Moon Knight every once in a while. Sometimes he'll pull like the big thing out of the air and his Mm -hmm. career is just interesting to me. Yeah. I guess like, you know, Nick Cage is is like really one of the ones where he has such like peaks and valleys, you know? I feel like not a lot of actors like have that necessarily um i was thinking like brad pitt might be fun oh yeah because he's kind of been all over the place he's still that like would be working fun. though like he's gonna be in that bullet train movie this year and it's just like that looks cool he's now he's doing he now he's doing like taken style action movies yeah not taken style but you know like just looks like a normal ass action movie yeah that movie looks great um Sometimes, you know, to do one about, like, a really, like, much older dude, like Anthony Hopkins or uh, Ian McKellen, you know, oh, something a bit more, being John Malkovich, a bit more kind of, like, um, slower paced indie style, but, like, you know, self-referential in a lot of ways, I think it'd be fun. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a spectrum with, you know, something like Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and being John Malkovich. Um, and then also like, you know, to think about the St. Vincent of it all too, to think about maybe other, um, St. Vincent's a fun one because she's not in the Hollywood system. They're making a movie about a musician, you know? So that would be, you know, there, there, there's no shortage of like, you know, a a Janelle Monae movie would be very cool. I think. Oh yeah. Like that would be sick. So yeah, but it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, so someone like like Nick Cage it makes sense. He, his his persona and ego uh, eagle his ego. So he has a, such a big ego. It's a this huge guy. eagle. He has such a big eagle. Uh, <laughs> his ego and his like presence is like so big where it's kind of like a no brainer to do a movie like like that about him. Mm-hmm. Something like John Malkovich. I think you have to like be a bit more like strategic about how you do it. And then like something like like uh, Nowhere In like for Saint Vincent. It's it's really. Um, it's a surprise. You're like, I, uh, they're making a St. Vincent movie? That's kind of weird. And then you're like, oh, it's very cool, actually. Yeah. It's more, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I think we'll get more movies like this. Probably so. In the future. And when we do, we'll be doing hot takes on them. <laughs> yeah. Thank man. you so much for joining me, Bernadette, <laughs> on this episode. Thank you for having me. Of course, this is not the only podcast we do for StoryScreen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. So head over to our website to find all of our amazing podcasts, articles, and reviews. I was going to say content, and then I said podcast, so I had to just say the rest. Um, again, It's a good flow. Uh, it's a good flow. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And then uh, while you're there, you can also sign up for our members-only service where we uh, have even more podcasts, even more stuff on there. For $5 a month, you have access to a bunch of really honed in, really niche talking movie, talking TV stuff. Uh, I'm doing a podcast right now with Mike where we are covering two movies at a time, the filmography of uh, our sweet, sweet boy director and artiste, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, We're going to be covering, I think it's, Sicario and Arrival next. That dude has not made a bad movie. They are all great. It's been a fun fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bernadette, you guys just started, and I think your first episode is up. Uh, it's a Robert Pattinson retrospective. Yes. What's the name yes, of that it one? Is. The Pattinson stuff. The Pattinson stuff. Yep. 
Sequel to your Colette stuff, covering the movies of Tony Collette. Took you five years to do it. But it did. Finally. It did. Did him. <laughs> Robin Pattinson, much shorter filmography, no? Yes, that's what's kind of appealing to it. We loved Tony Collette. I mean, now it's like it could be Stockholm Syndrome at this point, but we think we love her outside of just being trapped with her for like three years. Of course. <laughs> but, of course. But yeah, Pattinson definitely has fewer works in his filmography, which will be a treat. But yeah, we just dropped our first episode, and it's about mostly The Goblet of Fire, but then his two films prior to that, Vanity Fair, which he was in a deleted scene that got cut from the movie, so he's not even okay. in that movie, but we watched it <laughs> anyway. And Ring of the Nibelungs, which is this like ridiculous fantasy film, which is great. Burge and I both loved it. But yeah. And he's not even in... When is he in Twilight? Soon? After Soon. these, or... Soon. Okay. So yeah, we have one more episode. Uh, so episode two, we'll be covering, I think, another three films. And then the third episode of the Pattinson stuff is going to be all Twilight all the time. That's crazy. I didn't even think it was going to take that long. I know. I thought it was like first episode. It's Twilight, of course. I know. That's that's impressive. <sighs> Robert. Another good Robert out there. Yes. We love to see it. Good Robs. We like him. Good Robs. You'll love them. <laughs> well, that's all we got today for this this episode of Hot Takes. Until next time, stay hot. Stay takey. Stay takey.